Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to everyone to worship today, and a special welcome to all of our visitors and guests who are here with us this morning. And also a very special welcome to everybody who is joining us by video today. This morning, with their parents' permission, we will be praying for Callie Miller and Caitlin Oblinger, who have been suffering from the coronavirus for the past couple of weeks. We ask, for their per we ask all of you for your prayers and your prayers for everyone else who is currently suffering from the coronavirus or any lingering effects from the coronavirus at this time. A reminder about our upcoming Lenten observance, which begins with our community Ash Wednesday service here on February 17th at 7 o'clock p.m. Our midweek Lenten services will then be here each Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. during the Wednesdays in Lent. One announcement which is not in your bulletin is that our Community Vacation Bible School will be taking place in person this year, God willing. It will be from June 7th to 9th at the park from 9 to noon each day. Again, it will be from June 7th to 9th each day, from 7th to 9th from 9 to noon at the park, and more information will be available in next week's bulletin. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
Show us your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Let your way be known upon the earth. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, you know that we cannot withstand the dangers which surround us. Strengthen us in body and spirit, so that, with your help, we may be able to overcome the weakness that our sin has brought upon us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with the readings. The first reading comes from Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So then about eating food sacrifice to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, for whom, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge eating in an idol's temple... 
won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother, for whom Christ died, is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning at the 21st verse. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sure we're all familiar with the game Follow the Leader. The rules of Follow the Leader are very simple. One person at a time gets to be the leader, and everybody else has to follow him or her wherever he or she chooses to go. And everybody takes turns doing so. Now, of course, one of the advantages, or one of the disadvantages, of everybody taking turns is that each person who, who is the leader gets to choose where to go, and sometimes the person who, who becomes the leader can get, shall we say, very creative about where he or she chooses to lead the rest of the group. Sometimes it can even get a little bit confusing, and sometimes it can even get downright scary as the rest of the group wonders, where on earth is the leader taking us now? Life certainly is a lot like that, because we, we find ourselves sometimes, whether we realize it or not, being torn in many different directions. We especially find ourselves being torn in many different directions as we look for someone to lead us. We can get very confused because many different people 
Many different persons, especially many different prominent persons, vie for our attention and vie for our following. Each person claims to have the true direction and each person claims to be the true leader. We especially can get very confused because after a while we start to wonder who really is the true leader? Who really is the true authority? We especially look for leaders, guides, and authorities whom we may think agree with us in our stances, but then we realize that our leaders turn out to be not entirely, or even not at all, who they seem to be. That certain leaders can say certain things just to gain followers. It all becomes very confusing, and it becomes even all the more confusing when we start to wonder where is, our leader, where is our leader taking us exactly? Fortunately, in today's scripture readings, we have the assurance that we have a leader who is not in any way like such a leader. Somebody who is the ultimate authority and somebody who is trustworthy, but somebody who is not only trustworthy, but somebody who is dependable and who always has, has our best interest rather than his best interest in mind. That leader is Jesus. Now the title of today's sermon is called The Last Prophet. The reason being that, um, that, that, in, today, that in today's scripture reading, particularly in today's first reading from Deuteronomy, which Shannon read for us just a few moments ago, God speaking through Moses says that, promises that, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers with the, with the qualification that you must listen to him. This is, so God is promising to raise up someone who will speak on his behalf. God sent many prophets throughout history. Prophets such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and many others, whose main task it was both to call the people of Israel back to repentance after they had strayed from him, strayed from God, that is, and also, peop and also people who were raised up to interpret current events in the light of what God's plan was. And frequently, that interpretation those, that interpretation of current events involved speaking words of promise. Speaking words of promise and of hope. That even though everything else going on seemed to be disastrous, there was still hope because ultimately God was going to be victorious. Ultimately, God was going to do everything he had promised. His ultimate promise being that he was going to send a savior to save the entire world. That he was going to send a savior whose, uh, by whose salvation everything was going to be accomplished once and for all. A savior who would be called Messiah, Mashiach, anointed one. And that savior turned out to be Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of everything God had promised. Everything God had promised through his prophets.
And therefore, since Jesus was the fulfillment of everything God had promised through his prophets, Jesus fulfilled all prophecy. This is why Jesus can be called the last prophet, because he both spoke on his father's behalf, telling people who God really was and what he was like, but also fulfilling everything God had promised. Therefore, after Jesus, there was no longer a need for prophets. After Jesus, there were no prophets who, have been, who were raised up, and there, were, and there have been no prophets that have been raised up since, because Jesus fulfilled everything God had already promised. This is why we also assert that Jesus is enough. Jesus really is everything we need. Not only he is he the fulfillment and the end of all prophecy, but he really is everything we need for life. Interests, hobbies, work, school, everything else may come and go, but one thing always remains constant, and that is Jesus. People may come and go, jobs may come and go, opportunities may come and go, but one thing always remains constant. Whatever may leave us, Jesus is always with us. Jesus is always close to us and always faithful to us. A relationship with Jesus, even and especially when we have nothing else, is everything we need. A relationship with Jesus is really all we need. Jesus himself is really all we need. We also do not need to be confused about whom to follow. We do not need to be confused about who our guide is, because Jesus is enough of a guide, leader, and teacher. If we follow Jesus, we know that we will always be going in the right direction. The guidance and the teaching of Jesus is truer and is, and, and yes, the guidance of Jesus is indeed truer than all the other teachings of, of everything else, all the other teachings of all, of all their teachers, because the teaching of Jesus and the guidance of Jesus comes directly from God, our Heavenly Father, himself. Jesus also shows us what God is really like. Jesus shows us that God is caring. God is loving. God is merciful. God is compassionate. God is forgiving. God is accepting. God is all of these things and we, see, and, and, and we see it illustrated plainly in the person of Jesus. This Epiphany season, we also remember that the reason Jesus came was to be God in person. God as a human being, as a true human being, God in person, to show us what God is really like so that we can relate to him even more closely.
A relationship with God is everything and all we need. A relationship with God is enough. And it is only through a relationship with Jesus that we can have a relationship with God. Since everything Jesus says and, every, and everywhere Jesus leads is the only truth, since it is the truth of God himself, we also say that Jesus is the highest authority. Jesus is confessed as being a new authority and the highest authority in today's gospel reading, where he first of all shows that he, t that he teaches not as somebody who is just repeating over and over what the law or the Bible says. Jesus is not repeating everything that has already been said. Jesus is simply not coming to reinforce teachings, but Jesus is coming to speak with the authority and to speak the words of God himself. To speak even the words of God himself, which, had, which would turn out to contradict everything else everybody had already understood. People especially thought that to be a follower of God meant to follow the law so, clo so closely that it became a competition to literally be holier, more perfect than everyone else, and to push away and exclude those who did not live up to those particular standards. Jesus, however, comes to say something completely and totally different. That instead, it is not about perfection, our attempts at perfection or following the rules, but rather, it is simply about following Jesus. It is about following Jesus, believing in him as the highest authority, worshiping him as the highest authority, relying on him as the highest authority. The authority of Jesus even transcends the authority which everybody else, anybody else, uh, particularly any noteworthy personages, would want to claim. The authority of Jesus, the authority of Jesus transcends everything else. And the, and the authority of Jesus transcends everything else because the authority of Jesus also gives us an example to follow and be transformed into. Just as Jesus is caring, compassionate, loving, and forgiving, we too are to follow Jesus in becoming caring, compassionate, loving, and forgiving. To be in the authority of Jesus, therefore, means to be transformed, to become more like him. We also often take for granted that Jesus has given us authority. Jesus has given us his authority. In, in transforming us to becoming more like him, he has given us the authority to, he has given us the authority to illustrate, to demonstrate what he is like. Just as he came to demonstrate God's love, he gives us the authority to demonstrate 
God's love. Just as he came to reach out to all people, he gives us the authority to reach out to all people. Just as Jesus came to declare power and authority even over the evil spirits, Jesus also gives us power and authority over any kind of, of over anything which would oppose him. Jesus gives us power and authority even over evil spirits, which is why we are encouraged to continue to pray for an end to this coronavirus. We are encouraged to pray for an end to all the effects of the coronavirus. We are encouraged to continue to pray for, every, for, for everything and anything that is the power of sickness and the power of death. We are encouraged to pray that God would triumph. We were encouraged to pray that God would triumph over the powers of sickness and death. We are encouraged to continue to pray in the name of Jesus that God would bring an end to this coronavirus. And we are encouraged to continue to pray with the authority of Jesus that God would bring an end to this coronavirus. Only the power and authority of Jesus is the true divine power which can conquer everything. Only the power and authority of Jesus has power over demons, has power over sickness, and has power over death. Jesus is indeed the highest authority. Since only the authority of Jesus has this kind of power, we say, we say finally that Jesus is the only way to be saved. It is only through Jesus that we will experience eternal salvation. Because it is only through Jesus, by the death of Jesus, that the penalty for our sins are paid for and our sins are forgiven. It is only by the death of Jesus that we are reconciled to God that the sin which separates us from God is removed. It is only by the death of Jesus that, our, that, that death is destroyed. It is only by the death of Jesus that we can look forward to eternal life. And it is only by the resurrection of Jesus, the ultimate victory over death, that we can hope, we can look forward to experiencing resurrection. This is also not something that is a maybe. This is not something that we hope is going to happen. But this is something that is guaranteed is going to happen. That only through Jesus can we experience salvation and eternal life. And this, and this is guaranteed to happen because God promises it. Once again in Jesus, all the promises which God has made have already been fulfilled. Everything which God promises is going to happen because of Jesus. If he says we are going to be saved, then we are 
going to be saved. In affirming Jesus as being, only, as being the only way to be saved, this also means that we deny everything else which would claim that by it we are saved. Meaning that if Jesus is the only way to be saved, then we deny that our political affiliation, our denominational membership, our theological tradition, our moral, our, our moral rules, our, any, any other of these things, our social standing, our ethnic background, our national origin, we deny that any of these things either contribute to or detract from our salvation in any way. It is only through Jesus that we are saved. And to try to add, add to or subtract, from it, or subtract from it in any way is trying to usurp and rob Jesus of his authority. To try to insist that any other requirements for being saved or even to be called a Christian other than believing in Jesus and being baptized is to rob Jesus of his authority. Baptism is the sign of the guarantee of our salvation and our eternal life. For in baptism we are united to Jesus' death and resurrection, and in baptism we have the promise that his authority, his word, stands supreme over everything else, that our sins are forgiven, that we have a relationship with God, that the Holy Spirit is always with us, that it is only by the death and resurrection and nothing else that we are saved, and it is only through Jesus that we receive eternal life. Jesus is enough Jesus is the highest authority, and Jesus is the only way to be saved. So let us follow not anything and everything else, but follow Jesus and Jesus alone. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And now let us stand, and together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please feel free to place your offering in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Guided by Christ made known to the nations, let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all people in need. For all who share the gospel and proclaim freedom in Christ throughout the world, Lord, in your mercy, for government and leaders, and for all responsible for the well-being of civil society, Lord, in your mercy. For those suffering in mind, body, or spirit, those who are sick or hospitalized, and today we lift up all those who are suffering from the coronavirus, and in particular, we pray for healing for Callie Miller and Caitlin Oblinger. We pray for those struggling with mental illness, those who are hungry or homeless, and all in any need, especially those known to us, whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, for the concerns of this congregation, for the people of God in this place, and for other needs in our community, Lord, in your mercy, for the covenant God made with us in the waters of baptism, in thanksgiving for the baptized who have died in the Lord, Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
peace, serve the Lord. Please be seated until dismissed. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.